This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned into The Property Show, our weekly take on all things property related. And I'm Philip C. It's the last Friday of the month and Chris Tan from Cher Associates is our guest for the Property Legal Clinic. And today we're going to focus on JMCs or JMBs. Welcome to The Property Show. Now let's give a quick 101 to all our listeners about JMBs. Firstly, tell me a bit about the difference between a JMB and a JMC. Very simple. Uh, JMB stands for Joint Management Body. JMC stands for Joint Management Committee, right? In short, JMB is like a syndrome, right? The company. JMC is the board of director of the JMB. So what I'm trying to highlight is that committee is the smaller group, but the JMB is consists of the entire uh, community of owners plus the fact that it's called joint. You have the involvement of the developer as well. So naturally, in the joint management body, you have the developer as well as all the owner that make up of the entire joint management body. And then from there, you elect your representative to sit like your board of director that's called a joint management committee. And uh, again, you would have one seat reserved for the developer, hence joint management committee. I see. And what role do they play? What is the scope? Okay, let's put it this way. Uh, in a strata development, for all intent and purposes, if you live in a community uh, where you bought it from the developers originally in construction, they deliver vacant possession to you, there are different stages of management, correct? So when you collect the key, that first stage of management is the management by the development, which means the property management uh, management of the common area, the common property is by the developer. So this is called the developer management period. And subsequently, after, within a year, developer is duty bound to set up this, this uh, meeting for the first AGM of the joint management body. Joint management body. The reason of having the joint management body is so that we get the owner involved. Right, So they are involved in the managing and deciding the fate of the community, what kind of info, what kind of service level they want. Yes or not? Right, And until and unless, uh, until the, the day that the title right, is issued, right, then the strata title is issued, and until certain quorum is met, uh, the transfer of it, then you form what we call the management corporation. Management corporation. And in this stage, there is no more involvement of the developer, yeah. all right? JMB was still involved the developer, all right? Although in a very nominal role, but then we would have the MC, which is all the owner will manage the place. So these are the simple stages. Right, so it's the issuance of the strata title that differentiates between the JMB and the MC, correct? Correct. Uh, and so tell me about the Strata Management Act 2013. Yep. How, yep. how does that define the role and scope of the JMB slash MC? Very simple. Uh, for all intent and purposes, in any strata development, in every strata development, there will be a management. So in 2013, we have two act. One is called Strata Title Act, obviously. right? That talk about ownership. 
And for all intended purposes, the other side of it is called Strata Management Act is talking about management. Who's managing? So what I'm trying to tell you that just now the, 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 the trilogy of developer, JMB and MC, right? Basically, for all intended purposes, these are the various stages of management, right? Once the Strata title is issued, the MC will continue to manage. So the role they are playing is very simple. They are there to manage the community living within and particularly the common property. And they are also responsible in setting things like the maintenance fund and sinking charges. Is that correct? Yes, that's why every year, every year, during the AGM of this management entity, be it JMB, be it MC, right? right? Uh, you have to present what we call the audited account of the building management account. So basically in here, you talk about the OPEX and the CAPEX. The OPEX is the service charge, right? And the CAPEX is in the sinking fund. Correct. You collect all this money for what purpose and utilization of it, whether we collect enough, not enough, the level of service, those things are in the audited report. Hence, uh, the collection of which must be also be approved. The rate must be approved during the general meeting by the JMB and, and therefore uh, empower the JMC to execute as the committee to execute. The issue I hear a lot is the scope of the JMB with respect to legislation, be it local council, state and federal, yeah. where do we draw the lines typically between the rules and laws that can be defined by the GMB versus what we see happening in the local council? For example, okay. you know, we had a discussion on pets and properties, right? Right. Where, where is the line drawn? Okay, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Uh, whatever the applicable law uh, that is governing us uh, within the community, starting from federal law first, for example, and uh, local uh, law, whatever that has passed through, uh, you cannot run against it. It cannot be inconsistent. That's for a start. Okay. Number two, under the Strata Management Act, right? The Strata Management Act, there is a set of prescribed bylaw that is auto, uh, already automatically applicable in every single Strata development which means uh, the JMB and the MC have to follow the prescribed bylaw. It's already there under the Strata Management Act, right? So you can, on top of these, make additional bylaw, right? Provided always, provided always that it is not inconsistent with the rest of the applicable law, as well as uh, not inconsistent with the prescribed bylaw. For example, I've just put a very hypothetical situation Right? Of course, uh, uh, we can say that you know, uh, uh, drug users, for example, right, is illegal. Correct? You cannot legalize it in your community, right? The JMP cannot say, oh, it's okay to do drugs in within this strata development. Uh, what is illegal is still wrong. What is criminal is still wrong. Right? You can only do additional bylaw that is not inconsistent with this law. Right? And you're doing it just for the fact that to fill in the gap in terms of the details because they are something unique to your strata community that might not be the same when they what they have in mind when they drafted the law. Well, this is where it gets interesting, right? And that's where the grey area, isn't it? For example, sure. let's say I'm in a strata property with perhaps more elderly uh, individuals and they want to imply more stricter or stricter uh, vaccination requirements, like you have to be boosted before you enter the facility. Sure. Can that be done? Because that's not necessarily a bylaw requirement outside the strata property, right? To me, is that, you know, you can observe a, a higher requirement. Uh, you want to pass something like that. But the question is that uh, it could be likely to challenge as well, right? 
for all intents and purposes, it got to do with the community. Like I say, community have diverse interests. You know, if it's uh, normally is to comply with it, and even if you do additional bylaw, it shouldn't be over and above of what is expected from the rest. Let's talk about this process of challenging, and which comes yep. back to the question of governance. You know, you say the agent meets annually, but in your experience, right, about how these bodies are managed, what's the frequency of the meetings, engagements? What's best practice out there typically? For JMB, JMB, Joint Management Body, and the MC, the Management Corporation proper, yep. this kind of entity, right, they are required statutory uh, once a year. They must have annual general meeting. Uh, and then because of COVID, no matter there are some special provision they need, the COB, the Commission of Building, can actually extend it uh, with valid reason and whatnot. But nonetheless, right, they need to do it beyond certain bay unless with approval. And if you want to talk about EGM, there's no limitation of extraordinary general meeting. It depends on the agenda of the day. What are the trying things that you're trying to do? So to me, yes, there is compliance for that purpose of AGM. And plus the thing is that the office bearer of the um, of the committee also subject to a voting and election uh, during the general meeting as well. So again, because of all this, there's a need to comply. There's a lot of process, fouling required to be done as well. Do we have any sense of how often do the office bearers meet? And what's the typical size of or number of office bearers required for a property usually? Okay, uh, let's put it this way. There is a minimum to a maximum number. Minimum to a maximum number, right? Is actually a minimum of two and a maximum of 13, if I'm not wrong, in relation to the uh, committee members. Okay, why do I say there's a minimum of two just if I can explain to you because the smallest strata community that you can ever plan is two okay (laughs) for sure for sure yeah so that's the minimum requirement you know you were kind of alluding to it just now Mm -hmm. Uh, what happens when an AGM is not convened what is the implication when that doesn't take place there is uh, obviously a liability and uh, whatever is governed under the strata management act there could be if the JMB for example fail to convene AGM under the strata management act all right they can be committed an offense shall be on conviction uh, be liable to a fine not more than 50,000 and can also be subject to imprisonment and all that so there is a penalty under that hence even if you have a problem committing or doing this you must make sure that you get a consent or special intervention from the commission of building to ensure you are okay you know for example uh, during the COVID situation we have a situation to talk about you know can they do the meeting online can they delay it and whatnot? Of course, we're talking about special circumstances in those cases, but still, you still need the special approval or intervention from the authority. And what is the process to initiate an EGM? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what I think many people will be quite interested to understand when they want to challenge or they have an issue with the committee members. They probably want to raise up issues. Could you perhaps share with us what's the protocol for getting an EGM going uh, in joint management. But you need certain uh, number of... Uh, a quorum, uh, essentially. Call it, uh, quorum, not, not just quorum, like before you even have to invoke it with the committee, right? You must uh, have a, a number of share you need that represented for that purpose, right? And then you're subject to the compliance of the notice and what the agenda want to be discussed. And then the committee, will then, then, then once this out, comply, will set in the motion, issue the notice, We'll have more of your questions and answers from Chris after these messages. Stay with us, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C. And I have Chris Tan with me here on the monthly property legal clinic that takes place on the last Friday of the month. And today, we're going to talk about joint management bodies and management corporations. Chris, is this a very unique Malaysian construct? How is it like in Singapore, Hong Kong and other jurisdictions in Asia? 
Good. Thanks, Philip. I think I, I like your analogy to draw with Hong Kong and Singapore, right? Why do I use Hong Kong and Singapore? Why would you actually refer to them? It's simply because uh, these are the places with more strata development compared to uh, Malaysia, and they are more advanced in that sense. And why strata development in this country uh, probably don't even have a concept of joint management body. What is the issue here? You have to understand joint management body in Malaysia is introduced in 2007, 2007 uh, via the previous act before the uh, Strata Management Act. In that time, they're coming in is because they're trying to bridge the gap between the developer management period and the owner management period, which is the MC. The problem that we're facing is because the issuance of strata title. So what happened is that there are situations in the past whereby the strata title is not issued for a very long time and therefore the management will remain with the developer for a very long time and the owner have no say in the whole thing until the strata title is issued. Okay, so in jurisdiction like Singapore and Hong Kong, has no such issue situation simply because their strata title is issued pretty fast. Well, to put you in a spot, why is it taking so long in Malaysia for strata titles to get issued? Okay, um, let's put it this way. The, you have to understand in Malaysia, we practice a two-tier system. Uh, you have to understand land is a state matter. While development approval, then you have your housing ministry and strata management act, for example, is actually the ministry of housing and local government. So because of that, the policy might not be the same and every state is peculiar. And why does it take so long is also because the way we structure our strata it is something like strata title is like an afterthought under the previous law regime just to say that okay I buy, sell, construct, deliver already okay now about time to give you title mm-hmm. in the past you are only applying the strata title by the developer anytime six months right after the handover which means naturally is already late, right? Yeah. And there is also a lot of issue is this. When you apply strata title, there is also because at that time they will now do the exact measurement. When you apply based on your approved, you will say that you have approved land, the DO, development order is how the building look like. Then now you have a phrase ready, you need to measure again to see if they say because the idea of strata title is actually a 3D title. They have to tell you where exactly in this airspace, you know, if you're talking about high-rise, right? How do we define the left, right, top, bottom? Like a 3D kind of title. Therefore, it's not so easy. It's a little bit more complicated. So hence, what have changes in uh, the Strata Title Act 2013 is really, they change it for the fact that we can actually have the things ready and submit and you should start the process during construction or even before you sell. But that hasn't Correct. happened. So. Yeah, it hasn't happened that much. But I'm telling you, the law required that compliance already. But I'm just saying to you is that, for example, I know I know what you're trying to get at. Like, for example, we also say that, hey, under the Housing Developer Act, they expect you to deliver the key together with the title. Yes. Yes or not? Yes. There are some cases where they can do it together. There are still cases they cannot meet together. But we're still at the very early stage of the implementation. At least, see, when I say this is an issue, you know why? Because the moment you have a title deliver deliver together with the key, the vacant possession, it means that there's no need for JMB anymore. Yeah, you just go straight to MC. Correct, which means the developer also no need to manage anymore. It is an incentive by the developer to expedite this, isn't it? Of course. However, like I said, there's a lot of more issue that we need to consider, including even financing issue, right? The bank, all the stakeholders need to be aligned. At this moment, I'm saying that the framework is there, but the alignment is probably lacking. Okay, that's a bit of a challenge in execution when I hear you. Can we shift topic to the issue sure. about challenging sure. uh, challenging? 
challenging decisions made. And you know, help me understand, there is this concept called a strata management tribunal. Is that right, yes. Chris? Yes, that's What's, correct. What is the role of that tribunal? What does it do? Okay, it is a special tribunal, obviously. Uh, like Malaysia, we have a plenty of tribunal. We've got a consumer tribunal. For example, we've got home buyer tribunal. So tribunal basically is an informal court. Informal court. Right, and we were a marriage tribunal for that purpose. Right, basically, it is here to solve your problem, but without all the formality, which means that you are allowed to go and represent yourself. You don't need to hire people like me, who's a lawyer, to really go through all the process. You know, affidavit here, affidavit there. You know, that kind of processes. It become a little bit more informal. Right. So the idea here is try to actually have a solution faster. And cheaper. So the strata management tribunal is set up in every every stage and whatnot. They look at the strata management to resolve strata related issues. I see, and and this usually is between the MC and certain unhappy members, right, or residents. Yeah, it correct? could be also, for example, you and I are neighbor. Yeah. In a strata development, we can even sue each other in the strata management tribunal because yeah. of certain issue, for example, leaking. So in some term, water or some 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 nuisance, whatever, you know, things like that. When you go through so many of these tensions and conflicts that take place, either between residences and, and management committees and corporations and such, how, how important is it to perhaps lodge a police report? I hear a lot of tension and people end up lodging police reports for disturbances and such, right? How effective is it really? Actually, lodging police report is basically just like, you know, uh, when you're young in the classroom, right? you're just telling your teachers to say that somebody is telling you. Whether the teacher wants to do the, the interference is still up to the judgment of the teacher and we need to talk about evidence and everything else. Right? And best thing is that uh, police don't regulate civil matter, police only regulate criminal matter. Mm. So even the new, it must be criminal nuisance kind of thing. So I'm just saying to you is that having the intervention, like they are coming in just to address the issue. Sometimes they will help to talk and mediate, right? Rather than take action sometimes. So we don't know. But as far as that is concerned, it's useful also as a form of evidence. The moment you make a police report, it is an admissible uh, evidence to say that you stand by what you said. It's like making a statutory declaration. I wonder then if you play this scenario, and I hear this quite often among my friends uh, in condos, they are not happy with the committee because the committee has appointed this carpenter, this friend to provide this kind of facilities. They didn't go through the governance process or they didn't do a tender. What happens there? What is the best course of action when you you as a resident see that they are misusing the maintenance fund or even the sinking charges in in a way that favours themselves or their friends? What is the process there? Yeah, the thinking is very simple. Uh, if you are the resident or owners of any strata development, just think of you as a rakyat of Malaysia. It's the same thing, right? Uh, and and the same thing is that the 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 D, right, uh, that you're talking about are actually your cabinet and your parliamentarian one way or another. Right, like I said, that's why I said uh, you must be participating actively in the AGM to find out what happened. And let's put it this way. And then if you are not happy with them, change them. And they are audit and whatnot. Or if there's timely issue for things like that, they have to be responsible because they are the people in office if they approve those spending. So the opportunity is really voting for them, perhaps at the AGM, or if it's something of serious, you could necessarily secure the quorum and call for an EGM. And yes. would, would the typical EGM be also like a vote of no confidence against the the committee and the you you can actually do that let's put it this way uh you, because it's normally something urgent for that but if you want to challenge that 
them, you can. Nothing wrong. But of course, we don't have the parliamentary ways of saying word of no confidence, but it's actually what it means in action. Yeah, because we as a business station, we are very keen to look at who is performing and who is an underperformer management committee. So the governance and understanding of that process is, I think, quite essential for us. Maybe if I take a step back and sure. if I want to get a sense of whether a management body is doing their job, are there forums or places for me to obtain information about efficacy and effectiveness of them? Like I said, there is, there is there's actually none for that purpose. I mean, I don't think there's an official forum to or official KPI for them to set what, what is a good committee member. Uh, you have to understand it's volunteer, right? You think about it, it's Rukun Tatanga. Yes or not? Yeah. Right? Uh, you suddenly, you can be a passive member of the community. You don't do anything. You enjoy all the service while these people have to meet regularly in the ungodly hours of the night. For example, they have to face the music. So you have to understand that, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's striving a balance in relation to this. And if you are so hard on your committee member, what is a very general scenario is that nobody will be going on for become committee. Then you have a senior scenario also as a as a as a problem because nobody wants to. Make- yeah, I wonder whether we've had this situation where we we find people not wanting to be part of management here. What happens then when you don't secure enough candidates and support? Then what was the natural process? Because you say. Project, you need the intervention of the Commission of Building. They can temporarily come in and manage until you got it elected. Like I said, it's about self-governance. Owner at the end of the day is still uh, you, part of you. I want to highlight this thing. There's this concept about mentality about me against the management as if they are like the other side. But you are actually part of the management just in case you know. Every owner is a member of the management corporation. Every owner is also a member of the joint management body. So because you are actually part of it, by you going against it, you are going against yourself. So be active and be a participative member. Don't just complain from the sidelines. Correct. And then like like I say, you know, if you don't feel it's right or whatever, bring it up. Right? Like I said, you know, even a member, you can even find out when did your committee meeting is happening, right? You can go there and sit, you know, and understand just like we can go to parliament and sit there and observe what's happening in the parliament. Although we don't have a right to vote, we don't have a right to speak, but we can see what happened. You could still participate, but not necessarily vote. Chris, thank you as ever. Very enlightening. That's all the time we have for the Monthly Property Legal Clinic for today. Join us again next month as we help shed light on your legal conundrums. Send your questions to property at bfm.com or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Philip C, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.